0: What do you do if somebody in your social circle or a family member is questioning your parenting choices? They're offering unsolicited advice or comments on your parenting style or their actions are inappropriate and cross your boundaries for either you or your toddler. Hi parents. I just wanted to tell you really quick about my new guide. It's called the three steps to less meltdowns and the toddler holiday survival guide. This is brand new. So it includes the three steps to less meltdowns, including the proactive skills, parenting toolkit and praise moments. And then I included my toddler holiday survival guide that includes common holiday toddler struggles. We just been through Thanksgiving and now we have some other celebratory holidays coming up, uh, depending on what you celebrate. And so, I want to help you rock the holidays with your toddlers. So I included my Festive Flow Framework, Silent Nights, Sleepy Delights, Deck the Halls with Calm, Sleigh Ride Smoothness for those travel and trips, Safe Festive Spaces, Frosties Friendly Faces for that Stranger Danger, and Celebratory Comfort Cues, What Pocket Phrases, What to Do if a family member maybe says something or asks something of your toddler that does not align with your parenting style or preferences. And then at the very end, I included some awesome surprise bonuses. So the link is in the show notes to get this guide. Hi, all I just wanted to give you a heads up about this episode really quickly. I just wanted to give a quick trigger warning. The reason is because I'm going to talk about a few different scenarios and stories from my past where there were people in my social circle or family members who overstepped some of my boundaries or did inappropriate actions or handling of my babies in the past, which may be upsetting for some listeners. So I just wanted to give you a heads up so you can expect it or decide that maybe you don't want to listen to that part when I go to tell the stories. But I just wanted to let you know also the babies were okay. Afterwards, they were safe, protected, and healthy after. But there were stories and I'm just telling them to shed light on it and to help others and to be okay with setting boundaries or setting phrases to say to family members so that we can feel more confident in our parenting and not feel like others can just cross our boundaries easily. All right, so I'm seeing a lot of advice about Santa Claus and good and bad, and I really love that conversation. But I actually want to shift the conversation from that, which I'm seeing everywhere, to something else that is actually really difficult for me to talk about. I do include this celebratory comfort cues and dealing with social pressures during the holidays in my guide, the toddler holiday survival guide. The link is in show notes to get it. So, what I'm talking about is during the holidays, there's a lot of social pressures, right? And so, what I came up with to help parents navigate that is celebratory comfort cues. There's a bunch of different hurdles that we might come up with, and I want to go over those. But first, let's go over what are social pressures. So social pressures can be expectations for you to perform socially or your toddler, right? It could be you or them like hugging relatives or participating in activities that can be stressful to you or your toddler. So those are social pressures. We're actually going to go through a bunch of different social pressures and how to flip them around, how to make it go from stressful to celebratory, and how to use pocket phrases to set clear boundaries. So before gatherings, we can decide social expectations that are reasonable for us and our toddler and we can communicate these with our family members. You know, for example, if our toddler doesn't want to hug or doesn't feel comfortable doing with that, having a pocket phrase ready to go is so helpful instead of thinking of something on the spot and drawing a blank. For example, we're not hugging right now, but you can wave and if your toddler waves back, give them praise. Oh, great job waving at your cousin. If not, don't force them to wave. You know, think of Different things they can do can they wave, blow kisses, high five? what are ways that other family members can interact with your toddler that doesn't involve physical contact, especially if they're not comfortable with it? Sure, if they're comfortable with it, that's all great, but I'm talking about what if they're not right? they're not comfortable or or they're feeling overstimulated or overwhelmed, which we know leads to meltdowns. I mean, even today, you know I wasn't feeling well, and my husband said oh, will you guys give mama a hug? And so my one son did. He just cuddled with me and gave me hugs. and made me feel so much better. But my other toddler was like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> and I was like, wow, we are really getting close to the three-nager age, aren't we? Which we can laugh about. But uh, <laughs> no, he didn't want to give me a hug. So we're already in that teenage stage. and And it's kind of funny, but more seriously, if that can happen sometimes with us, Imagine how our toddler must feel with other family members, especially ones they've never met before, or met before and they don't even remember them, or they just feel overwhelmed by a bunch of people huddling near each other and all greeting you at the door. And it could that could be like, whoa, that's a lot of people. That's super overwhelming. So using pocket phrases really, really helps. And so we're going to go over the different pocket phrases that we can use. But before I do that, I was going to go over the hurdles of social pressure and holidays. So some of the hurdles could be lack of sleep, especially if you have a toddler or baby on the younger side or, you know, you're not getting a lot of sleep. They're not sleeping well. Maybe they're going through a sleep regression. That lack of sleep can make it really difficult. Maybe you're just too busy to think things through and you don't have a plan. You don't have a proactive plan. And then In the moment, you're just reacting to everything. That's why even if you are busy, it's important to just take some time. And I highly recommend that you get this guide and look through it because you never know, it could spark some idea. You don't need to use exactly my pocket phrases. You can have your own. Maybe it'll spark something. And when something comes up, you'll feel already prepared on what to say and not draw a blank. Because I know personally, I don't really like being put on the spot and I kind of freeze up. So I really do like to have a go-to phrase. If you struggle standing up for yourself or setting boundaries, then the holidays can be a time that puts this over the edge. If you feel outnumbered or alone in some of the decisions or the things that are being said from people in your social circle or family members. And that's where some of the social pressure is coming from during your holiday gatherings. So I have some personal stories to share. I will try to bring them up as we go through some of these pocket phrases. And then at the end, I'm going to give some of my best advice. Let's go ahead and look at the pocket phrases. So, Personal space invasion. So that's kind of what we just talked about. So if a relative might want to hold, cuddle, or kiss your toddler, even if your child is uncomfortable, come up with a pocket phrase to easily get out of that situation or navigate it. For example, we're teaching your toddler's name about personal space. Let's blow kisses instead. If you're not comfortable saying that, you don't have to use that one. That's just an example, right? You can come up with your own. Insistence on participating in activities. So like relatives, maybe they're pressuring your toddler to join an activity or game and they're not really interested in it. Uh, Maybe it's not developmentally appropriate for them or they're just not comfortable and they need some time to just to acclimate to their new environment. Maybe you're traveling, you're at somebody else's house. So coming up with a pocket phrase like your toddler's name is happy watching for now. They'll join when they're ready. Some of these are so easy to do and they're not as confrontational. It depends on your personality and what your comfort level is too, because some people are totally comfortable being very confrontational where others are not. I know that is always something that I struggled with is being more confrontational. So saying something that is less confrontational is easier for me to do. So they'll join when they're ready. Feels like aligned with me. That's something I could say, right? So maybe they are wanting to feed your toddler unfamiliar or unsafe foods and offering foods that might not be age appropriate or safe for your toddler. Sometimes family members or other kids don't know. They don't know what's unsafe foods. And actually, I'm going to go over some of the food hazards in just a bit if you're interested to learn more about that. So, but something you could say if that is happening is we're sticking to your toddler's name, right? We're sticking to their usual snacks. Thanks for understanding, right? It's a super easy way to get out of that situation and explain it. It's very simple. And I want to get into that. Sometimes it's better to be simple and concise with other people than to really explain, which like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll get into why that is. Okay. So maybe... Multiple relatives are overwhelming your toddler with attention. They're trying to engage with your toddler all at the same time. And that could be overwhelming for them. So maybe when they were like a younger baby, like all the attention was great and they weren't really aware of it. But now they're hyper aware that everybody is staring at them, looking at them and trying to touch them and they don't like it. So a phrase that you could use is let's give them a break. Let's give them a little space to warm up. Big groups are overwhelming. Let's give them time to warm up. If they're disregarding nap or an eating schedule and not respecting your child's routine for naps and meals, you could say something like, they need their rest right now, or they need to eat regular times to stay happy. So if a family member is saying like, oh, they're going to ruin their appetite," but you know they haven't ate in two or three hours and you know they need to eat and dinner is running late for this holiday meal and it's kind of like, oh, you, you shouldn't be eating. That's when you can kind of say something like that, right? They need to eat at regular times to stay happy. So that's super important. If they are questioning your parenting choices, so offering unsolicited advice or comments on your parenting style. Here's a pocket phrase you could use. And then I have a story to attach to this one. We found a routine that works well for us and we appreciate you understanding. So last year we opted to have a felt tree. Like, so it, it hung on the wall. It was a felt tree. Our twin toddlers were going through a very interesting phase where they were really just hitting, pulling, whacking everything. And it was constant right? And the idea of a regular Christmas tree was so stressful. I decided we were just going to do a felt tree. And a family member upon coming over for the, around the holiday time had said that we should have done the tree and it would have been fine. Okay. So that's a little bit of unsolicited advice. You know, they only see our children very few times a year, right? They're not in the day-to-day. They don't know what it's like to have a tree 24-7. So never let anybody shame you for a decision that you made or make you feel bad. A pocket phrase for a situation like that would be like, yeah, we decided a regular tree wouldn't work for us. We're doing the felt tree this year. It doesn't have to be this big explanation, right? Keep it simple. They can't argue with that. I was recently listening to a podcast interview with Mel Robbins, and she is talking a lot about the let them, the let them framework. And uh, I think this kind of applies to that, right? So if they're saying it would have been fine, you should have had a regular Christmas tree, you can speak your piece and say, we decided not to do a regular tree this year. And that person doesn't like it and has an issue with it. Let them. They can have that issue, but they're going to move on. They're going to forget. There's other things to think about and just let let them have an issue with it. You can feel confident in yourself. You can let them be the one that has the issue and don't make it your issue. That's one of my advice for that situation. Okay, if they're encouraging risky play or behavior, and I have a, sto- I have a few stories to share about this, and it's very uncomfortable. For me to share, for sure. Like some of these things I've never shared before. And then I do feel a certain amount of like shame for sharing them because I know there's a lot worse things going on the world right now for me to be sharing this like this was so terrible. However, I feel like it's okay to share it because maybe it will help somebody else. Maybe it will help you or somebody else that's listening in on this podcast because it's hard to talk about some of these things. So I want to shed light on them to help somebody else, okay? All right, so (laughs) encouraging risky play or behavior. Are they encouraging your toddler to engage in play or behavior that's not safe or handling your baby or toddler in a way that's not safe? So a pocket phrase you could use for that is we're keeping playtime safe and fun for toddlers or for your toddler's name. So let's choose another activity. So. We were at a family, extended family gathering. We were at a gathering for Christmas time. And one of my babies, they were about seven months old. I was getting hardly any sleep because I was talking about the hurdles, right? Hardly any sleep, really busy. We We were literally in the middle of moving. We were moving three hours away. This trip was planned right between when we were moving. I also was getting no sleep. And... We had to drive to this get together, you know it was a few hours away as well, on top of all of that, and just all of that going on what seemed to be a lot um yeah, at the time my husband had already moved, and we hadn't even seen each other for you know we were kind of separated from each other for two months, just location wise just because he got a new job out of the area. it was just a lot it was it was just a lot of change transition. And so when we talk about hurdles and then we talk about on top of that, putting the holidays on it, I feel like that was definitely some of the motions I was going through. And so a family member decided to take one of the babies and hold them upside down by the ankles. And I was so tired. I don't think I was thinking very clearly. And I was, I struggled really speaking up. I would say my first year since my twins were born I had been working on boundaries for a while for years even trying to go to you know some kind of counseling for it just really struggled with it and then I feel like when the babies were born everything was just like times 10 and especially with the people who already were crossing my boundaries already right and so when my baby was being held upside down. I was in shock because I had never seen, like, I didn't, I didn't expect it. I never seen anybody do it before to a baby or, you know, seven month old. Yeah, sure. Like older kids, like have like adults played around and kind of like did different things with kids playing around. Sure. But with a seven month old, I just never seen it or heard of it. And it was shocking to me. And I lacked the ability to speak up. I didn't know what to say because that would have included something highly confrontational, which was something I struggled with, like, hey, stop, don't do that, right? Which now actually I would do, but I am a completely transformed, different person and I've come a long way working through standing up for myself and boundaries and things like that. So what happened was I was trying to tell my husband because I wanted him to deal with it and deal with a family member on his side of the family who was doing it, and I was pointing and saying, "Look, look, what's happening? You know, what are they doing?" When he turned around, that person had then put our baby down, our backside up. Right? I, I went later, and and because it, there were so many traumatic things that happened during this gathering. I went and looked it up and I was like, yeah, that's not, it's not a great thing to do because, you know, if your baby is held upside down, it can cause medical issues and it could start to cause brain damage for an extended period of time. If, you know, a minute or longer, a baby should not be held upside down like that. And I just couldn't believe he was not only held upside down, but upside down by his ankles. And I was just literally could not believe it. And I didn't know like, this type of horseplay was inappropriate with a baby that age and maybe the person didn't know or maybe the person was being manipulative i don't know i won't know that but i do know like <laughs> that was really stressful and now where we could say no don't stop or whatever that can seem very confrontational so i have found what works for me is i'll take him so if i ever feel uncomfortable with somebody in my social circle or family or extended family circle is doing, I I have the phrase, I'll take him because I'm shifting it to kind of the action I'm going to do and not telling them they're doing something wrong. However, like I said, if I could go back in time, I would have just said, what are you doing? Stop. Put him, give him to me now. Like that would have been my reaction for this situation, Right. I just was not able to do it at the time. I was hardly getting any sleep for eight months plus, right? Because, you know, twin pregnancies at the end, you don't get a lot of sleep either. And I think that affected my mental health, my ability to speak up. And it just, everything was very challenging during that postpartum time for me. So yeah. And the reason I share this is because I hope that maybe this kind of conversation, if this has happened to you before, It'll give you the confidence to stand up for yourself, or if it hasn't happened, that you at least have some boundaries just in case it ever does happen. And have an easy phrase like, I'll take him, I'll take her, right? To navigate inappropriate situations that sometimes you can't even believe are happening. Okay, so our next pocket phrase is giving gifts without consultation, presenting the toddler with a gift that. Maybe it wasn't talked about or you weren't comfortable with. And actually, this has happened to us before where our toddlers were given a gift that was a choking hazard and it it was no malintention by the gift giver. They just didn't realize how small, like one time, I think this has happened about a few times, actually, you know, one time we had to set aside a gift because it just wasn't developmentally appropriate for them. So they still open, they opened the box, but we didn't take it out. And then we just stored it in our closet for like a year. And then finally, the boys were able to play with it. And it was like, oh, wow, a surprise gift. So it was kind of fun to have later on as something to do when it felt like, wow, it would be nice if we had something new to do. And there it was. Other times, a family member got a gift where like they thought that it was like a little car ramp with like cars and they thought the cars were bigger. And it was an honest not knowing, right? we unwrapped the gift. The boys went to play with it, but then the cars were so small, they were choking hazard, could easily fit in their mouth or could get lodged in their mouth. And so we said, okay, we're, oh, this looks fun, but we're going to play with this later. And we just packed it back in the box and put it away. Like, don't feel guilty about doing that. It's totally okay. And most people within reason might understand, you know, if you're dealing with family members that, you know, have a history of being a bit difficult or even have narcissistic tendencies, that's where it becomes way more difficult, and I personally understand what you're going through with that, right? as you can tell some of my stories that I share. So yeah, don't feel guilty about having boundaries and we can do it in a respectful way. Now that I gave a bunch of different pocket phrases, I think like it would be helpful to think of some of your top boundaries. What are some of your top boundaries that you could have, right? In some of these situations, like think about your toddler now and what what could be potentially triggering for them, activating for them or you. And if you're worried about food safety, which I know I said I would talk about, like choking hazards. So just be aware of what those are. So if you have some anxiety over that, that is totally okay. Let's be proactive so we can know what's safe and what's not safe. So foods like nuts, grapes, hard candies, popcorn and raw carrots can be dangerous for babies and toddlers. So ensure that any risky foods are either avoided or they're modified to be safe, like cutting grapes into quarters for example. There's plenty of charts that you can find online that show like how you can cut different foods to be age appropriate for that developmental stage and age. So get familiar with what safe foods are. Not just safe as in not a choking hazard, but also safe as in what they've tried. Like what what would they be willing to eat on this family holiday trip? What do they tolerate well usually? And make sure to have some safe foods. And of course, encourage safe new foods as well. If you want to encourage safe new foods, try giving your toddler maybe a smaller piece. Model eating it, make it fun. Start with something first that looks more familiar to what they like to eat at home or pair it with something familiar. So an example would be if your toddler likes green beans, they might want to have a small bite of a green bean casserole. So it looks somewhat familiar, right? Or another example is pair the desired new food with something they're comfortable with, like pairing it with a side of mac and cheese if you know that's what they're going to eat. The holidays already can be so overwhelming for our toddlers. So sometimes it's just good to give them a little bit of grace. While, of course, we encourage them to try our grandmother's favorite, you know, holiday dish or whatever, it's also great to keep in mind what they're going to eat because if they go hungry, there's more chance of fussiness, meltdowns, and your toddler just feeling totally thrown off. All right, so I have a few other stories to share and then I'm gonna give you my best advice after the break. Hey mamas, let's take a quick break. I wanted to share with you Meltdown Mastery, the Listening and Skilled Toddler mini course. Get helpful tools sent straight to your inbox and get your child to listen in two seconds. Imagine a calm home with less Meltdowns. Go to the show notes for the link or head to twinmomroadmap.com backslash guides for super helpful tools and resources. Also, become a part of our cozy Facebook community for support, conversation, and double the laughter. Link in show notes to join. Okay, we're back from the break. We just talked about turning social pressures into celebratory comfort cues using pocket phrases and making sure to pick pocket phrases that align to you in your own boundaries and something you know that you would actually be comfortable saying. Because sometimes we hear advice and we're like, oh yeah, we kind of wishfully think we would say something like that. But we know that when it comes down to the time, we might not actually be able to follow through with that kind of saying. The social media is full of advice on things to say, In different situations. And if it doesn't align with our personality or where we are at now, it's not going to work for us as a phrase to use. Or the same with our toddler, it's not going to work for them as a phrase to use if if they need to advocate for themselves as well. All right. So we went over the hurdles of the holidays. I shared some personal stories, which is highly uncomfortable for me, but I'm doing it because maybe I can help somebody out. And then I'm going to give you my best advice to leave it there and end the podcast with. We were invited to a gathering, a holiday gathering, and consequently, a person who was within the social circle had reached out to us and let us know that they got bit by the dog of the person that was holding the gathering. The dog jumped up and bit them in the arm and it was a newer dog that they had got. And so we were invited to go over there with the babies and it was really, there was a few things going on with this. One thing was it was it was late. It was messing with their schedule. It was messing with their bedtime because it was a dinner. It was supposed to be like a kind of, it wasn't on Christmas, but it was supposed to be kind of like a, you know, like a holiday type dinner. And we also had other plans. Like we had other plans to see my husband's grandfather. And we were so tired back then because at this point the babies were like, maybe they were like five months old And we knew if we did one thing, it would highly impact another thing. And we were invited to this dinner. We didn't really have the energy to go, but we felt kind of pressured into going. And we already had committed to going to see my husband's grandfather the following day. And so that was a cascade effect where we were going to be so tired going out to this other dinner the night before traveling and seeing my husband's grandfather. So. Right there is a a perfect example of how there can be social pressures to show up to things. Also, how it can affect us if we had other plans and other priorities that were really important to us. And so what happened was we were so tired and worn out from going to the dinner. We were too tired to end up going to the grandfathers and it was also storming. And so we had to set a boundary with that, where it was like, we're not gonna drive with the babies during the it looked like a terrible thunderstorm, like really bad, really low visibility. And we had to say no, even though we got the, oh, it won't be too bad. And it, it ended up being pretty bad of a storm. And we were glad we didn't drive in that. But we could have gone if we left earlier. If we left earlier in the morning, we we would have been able to go, but because we said yes to this other dinner the day before, we were too tired to go that early in the morning to leave before the storm hit. And so therefore, this is also a really good example of social pressure holidays, kind of when you have kids or babies, like people are demanding things of you, you have different priorities. And then, of course, I got to get back to the whole dog biting thing. I never explained that. So yeah, one of our mutual friends had said they were bit by the dog of the person hosting this holiday dinner. And so they didn't actually tell us that their dog had any of these issues. And you know, we didn't even know. And we were going to be bringing five-month-old babies over. They're completely clueless and can't fend for themselves at all. And the fact that this dog jumped up and bit a mutual friend of ours who reached out to us to let us know that it happened I conversed with that friend and said, Well, it doesn't sound like it would be safe to bring our babies over there. And that friend was like, Yeah, it's not, it's not a good idea. It's not safe. And I really appreciated knowing that. But what happened was it was not taken very well by the people who invited us to the dinner that had the dog. They were not understanding. We were very pressured to go. And that, Cause a lot of friction, a lot of issues. Uh, We had talked to another family member saying like, we're not comfortable going. The dog bit and they played it down. Oh, it's not a big deal. That dog doesn't bite. That dog's sweet. And I said, well, okay. The dog did bite a friend. So we had to deal with a lot of like dynamics, right? A lot of interesting dynamics, standing up for ourselves. I offer to not bring the babies, that my parents would watch them and just me and my husband would go. That way we wouldn't have to worry about the dogs. They wouldn't have to put their dogs away, especially the one that bit. And that wasn't taken very well. And we were essentially required to bring our babies into that situation. And me and my husband both struggled with boundaries and saying no. But what we did agree to was, you know, we said, okay, we will come, but the dogs have to be in the crate. And we ended up going. It actually was like a miserable experience. A lot of rolling eyes, a lot of not happy about the dogs having to be put away. And I would say like maybe like 50% of the time, the babies didn't always want to be in our lap. They wanted to be on the floor. And I was just picturing, you know, they're lying on the floor, doing some tummy time on a blanket. How in the world was it going to work? Especially with that the the dog that had bit our friend, right? So we were able to stand up to ourselves, but at the same time, we kind of gave in a little bit, right? We ended up compromising a bit in that situation. But I feel like we have gotten into some situations and it's like, these things really do happen. I don't think people talk about them. I definitely didn't want to talk about this story or ever share it. I felt like I had to be silenced about it, like I shouldn't complain or, you know, I'll be viewed as a certain way if I share it. And it's like, I think it just sheds light on some of the like dynamics and situations we get into that are uncomfortable and those social pressures that can happen. On one of a family trips that we took during the holidays that was like a family get together, I went to take a nap and I thought certain family members were going to be looking out for the babies and they hadn't when i came down from the nap nobody knew where one of the babies was and my head went to the worst case scenario it was a panic family members running around and it turned out one of the family members had had taken the baby into a room and didn't tell anybody and you know and i had to make a choice i ha- i had to make a choice where if if i took the babies to the nap i wouldn't sleep and i couldn't drive us safely home and i needed to be able to so this brings me to the next point about Sometimes, some people we can't trust, and also sometimes it's that people don't understand what it'd be like in our shoes, how that would make them feel if they were us. It can be hard as a mom. You're not getting any sleep. There's a lot of demands put on you, and you have a lot of responsibility. The second that you are trying to take care of yourself, sometimes things can be taken advantage of, and other people don't understand even if they didn't mean to be come from a place of being harmful to your child, maybe they they just don't understand, like they don't have a baby themselves. They don't understand how they would feel if somebody did that to them. I certainly think that was part of what was going on is they just didn't think if it was them, how upset it would make them and that they would tell other people where they were taking the baby. That kind of thing really matters. When you're a mom, you get it. But this person not being a mom just lack the understanding, right? So even if there's no bad intentions, sometimes it's just others don't understand what it's like to be in our shoes, have our responsibility and go through things like that. And sometimes family members joking inappropriately, it taught me a lot of lessons on who I can trust and that I would never leave my babies alone again with them. And luckily now I get sleep and this is wouldn't ever be an issue again. But in those early postpartum days where we're lacking sleep, and if you do have family members that are reckless, careless, or narcissistic, it can be very hard, very hard and taxing on a postpartum mama. All right. (laughs) I feel like that was so heavy. Because all these things have happened to me, I have advice about it, okay? So because of all these things have happened, it has allowed me to have a deeper understanding. And here is my best advice to you during the holidays. Number one, let the person who is in the family, if possible, deal with the messaging. You're not coming between family. What does that mean? So if you have some kind of a boundary, a no, we're not doing that, let the family member deal with it who's on that side. So if it's your husband's family, they're asking things, it's uncomfortable of you, or you wanna say no, you wanna set a boundary, let your husband deal with it. If it's your side, you deal with it. Of course, there's gonna be times where For example, when our baby was being held upside down, that was not a time to wait for my husband to deal with it. That was a time for me to just react, right? And I will always kind of have this, I have to be easy on myself, but I do have regret for not standing up and reacting right away to it. So there are situations where, yes, you're gonna have to stand up and set the boundary yourself. It's just the situation calls for it because it's a safety issue. But if it's more proactive, and ahead of time, that would be like my husband saying to his family, like, okay, we'll come over, but your dog that has bit other people needs to be in a separate room or in a crate when we bring the baby over, right? That is an example. So his family, he deals with it. My family, I I deal with it. That way it's not perceived that we're coming between family members. Okay, that's number one. Number two. Don't be afraid to say, I'll take him or her. If confrontation is difficult for you, think of pocket phrases that you know you can say that are less confrontational, like I'll take him or her. Instead of saying, what are you doing? How dare you stop? Think of a way you could say it that you know you can actually say it in the moment. Number three, you don't need to explain yourself. Just state the boundary. When we start to explain, we can open up debate over the topic or look like we are defending ourselves instead of already being an authority on our parenting, right? Like, so the more we explain, the more other family members or people on our social network that aren't respecting our boundaries or whatever can question us, the more they can say, Well, I don't think that's true and give all that unsolicited advice. So if we keep it clear, short, and concise, we really can be. Stating our boundary without wiggle room for them to nitpick at what we said. The story I gave for that example is that I said, We're doing a felt tree this year. That's what we decided. There's no arguing with that. Okay. So the next one, the fourth one is it's okay to say no to things. It's up to us to advocate for ourselves and our kids. It's okay to say no. To things we've had to say no to to family plans or certain things that didn't align with us that would not be good for our kids or for whatever reason didn't work for us, even if we kind of wanted to go, but we knew that the toll or the tax would just be too much with everything going on in our life right now, we've said no to things. So it's okay to say no. You don't have to say yes to everything. And also my fifth and last advice is be on the same page as your partner or have someone around to help out and look out. So for example, the person who was unsafe with one of my babies wasn't allowed to be with the babies alone ever again. There was a situation where we were like, it was a family gathering and we were all at a pool and they wanted to take the baby in the raft and go somewhere off with them. And we already had it worked out that Another family member held on to the raft with a baby and would not let that person go away with them, like, or that we would always keep an eye for that person rough housing or being inappropriate. Right. So there was never a moment where our baby was unattended with them. Be on the same page as your partner. Talk about the kind of the issues, what you can do about it. So you're not scrambling in the moment and then feeling caught off guard. When we're on the same page about what we're comfortable with, our boundaries, then we know our partner has the potential to support us, right, in the moment, in these situations. So this was a really heavy episode. It was really difficult for me to talk about some of these things. But like I said, I hope I'm, maybe I'll shed light on somebody else's experience. There is totally a whole lot of joy, amazing family experiences we've had. So I don't want to paint the picture that everything is all negative or always like this, but there are times where things like this happen and it's okay to talk about, shed light on it and not feel shame for it. If we didn't have the boundaries and stand up for ourselves the way we wish to, now is the time that we can kind of reflect before this holiday season comes to an end on, you know, what can we do and what can we do that aligns with us? All right. I will see you in next week's episode, and I hope this was helpful and there were some takeaways for you. And that wraps up another episode filled with tools and insights to help your parenting journey have clarity and ease. Remember, every child is unique, and so is our experience, especially when there's more than one. Keep celebrating those small victories and learning along the way. I'm Heather, your Twin Mama Guide, and until next time, here's to raising skilled, self-regulated toddlers who listen, learn, and love. Take care and see you soon.